0: Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey, your host this week. We really hope you enjoyed our special episode with Tracy Borman last week. It was fascinating to catch up with her. And on this week's show, we've obviously got a huge bumper edition of all the things that we missed during that week. So we have Commonwealth Day, we have St. Patrick's Day, and of course... Ian and Russell are out in the Caribbean with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge now we've tried really hard to make the logistics of the very busy tour itinerary work with time differences but apart from it Dan and I recording at 2 3 a.m in the morning it wouldn't quite work and while Dan loves Pod Save the Queen I'm not entirely sure we would have won him over on that one so what we're going to do is we're going to do the kind of Commonwealth side of things now then we're going to have a drop-in from Russell and Vogler giving us a bit of an update of what they've done so far the great engagement engagements they've done and then we will kind of catch up on everything on the tour next week so Russell and Ian haven't actually recorded their segment to drop in yet so it'll be the magic of dance technical like technical editing together and I don't actually know what we're going to discuss so I can't let you know on that one yet but I'm sure it'll be brilliant but for today to talk me through some of the events that have been happening a little bit closer to home I'm joined by Rebecca Russell who is the My London Royal Reporter. Hi Rebecca, welcome to Pod Save the Queen.
1: Hi, yeah. It's lovely to be here.
0: Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us and getting us out of a bit of a kind of a Russell-shaped hole that we had in the itinerary this week. But It's great to have you. And you obviously know a lot about the Royals and have been covering the you know lots that we've got having on including commonwealth day so you were working that day else was i and it was it was really lovely to have that event back again obviously it's it's one of my favorite days of the year actually i love commonwealth day after trooping of the color i think it's my royal my royal highlight Um, there's all the kind of looks and you just get to see the performances are always great aren't they what did you think of this year's this year's event overall
1: i just thought it was incredible i mean especially because uh the queen sadly couldn't be there um but Catherine and william and uh, Camilla and Charles they obviously more than made up for her absence, and it was you know it was lovely to see them all together.
0: It really was I one of the things I always love about Commonwealth Day is seeing their engagements and them chatting and they had a lovely greeting, didn't they? when they got there, they kind of had like you know a little kiss on the cheek, which was really nice to see. yeah,
1: and there was uh Princess Alexandra joined them, of course, and they you know they all met each other with kisses and that was lovely to see as well. Yeah, it was really nice. and a lot of people
0: don't know too much about her, so what's why was she there? So Princess
1: Alexandra is, many people might know this, she's the Queen's first cousin and she's incredibly, incredibly close with the Queen, uh, you know, a treasured member of her inner circle along with the likes of her dresser, Angela Kelly, the Countess of Wessex and Lady Sarah Chateau. Um, but Princess Alexandra, she's devoted her entire life to charitable work. Uh, you know, she's supported everything from the Florence Nightingale Association and Sightsavers. You know, she had an incredibly... Um, challenging upbringing in that her father died when she was very small uh, when her youngest brother was just only a month old in a RAF plane crash in Scotland so she was raised largely by her mother the um, Princess Marina Duchess of Kent. Oh, and yes,
0: it was really lovely to see her there and to see mm. her joining that. And obviously, as you have mentioned uh, previously, the Queen, we actually found out quite early, didn't we? We found out on the Friday that she wasn't yes. going to be attending on the Monday, um, which was obviously really disappointing. But she did put out that um, that lovely statement. as she said, in this year of my Platinum Jubilee, It has given me great pleasure to renew the promise I made in 1947 that my life will always be devoted to service. Today, it is rewarding to observe a modern, vibrant and connected Commonwealth that combines a wealth of history and tradition with the great social, cultural and technological advances of our time that the Commonwealth stands ever taller is a credit to all who have been involved, which I think was a really nice, mm. a really lovely message to put on the day. Again, tying in the Jubilee stuff, which is huge this year, but it was it was really nice to see a message from her, even
1: though we didn't get to see her on the day. No, especially. And uh, the links to the speech that she gave on her 21st birthday from South Africa, the Commonwealth speech that she gave, again, where she devoted her entire life to service of the great imperial family, and it was lovely to see the exact mirroring of the the wording that she used it really was
0: it was lovely and let's talk about some of the outfits because there was a huge you know some really lovely outfits there um in particular it it's always kate isn't it and i always feel a bit sorry for camilla because camilla has some incredible looks too but kate looked absolutely amazing in that blue yeah, absolutely. that blue look what did you think of it
1: I just thought it was absolutely stunning and it was a Catherine Walker dress wasn't it so it was that's um I think it was Diane one of Diana's favorite uh, designers as well so that was a lovely nod um the blue was just absolutely stunning it was and such awesome. a bright blue yeah, yeah. and uh, compared you know she was like the jewel tones of uh, Camilla was in purple and so was Princess Alexandra so they both they all just popped and they just looked incredible as they walked into the abbey
0: I think you can. There was that velvet collar, which was lovely in the statement. I think you can always tell Catherine Walker. Obviously, since doing this podcast, I'm trying to do the thing where I like yeah. look at the I'm trying well I'm not quite there yet. I'm no. I'm no Sarah Bradbury. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way off her level of fashion expert. But I think you can. The tailoring is always so state. Yeah. It's always perfect. This was a bes- uh, bespoke version of that Catherine Walker coat, and um, but you can get kind of like a slightly different version. You know, on to buy she teamed that with some navy heels and a lovely Jimmy Choo handbag and the necklace and earrings lots of people mentioned as well Um, and there was a really you know a really kind of touching meaning behind those we think as well don't we
1: Yeah, no, so um, it's thought that the necklace and earrings were given to um, Catherine by Princess Diana, um, not by Princess Diana, sorry, by Prince William, and they used to belong to Princess Diana. Um, But everyone pointed out online that one of the last times she wore the combination, the necklace and the earrings together, was when her and Prince William welcomed the Ukrainian President Zelensky to Buckingham Palace in 2020. So that was, again, many people... um, I believe that was a nod to uh her, her support for ukraine
0: it was really you know we've seen lots of these you know we know that Catherine loves making you know statements with her jewelry and i think that was a really really important one especially obviously due you know the the horrifying um, things that's happening over in ukraine at the moment as we discussed quite a lot uh, in the episode the week before last because she went to the when she went to the ukrainian center mm-hmm. she obviously wore the the colors again and i think you know it might have been a coincidence but the fact she was in blue again i think was you know as she said, it might have been a coincidence, but who knows. And Camilla did look lovely. She had that, that long purple coat on, which was gorgeous, and the black boots, which I really liked oh, too. That was sunny,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, she did look great. And as we said, it was lovely when they came in and they had like a little kiss on the cheek, didn't they? And greeted each other. And actually there was a I think there was a, a lit reader had kind of picked up that they apparently Charles and Kate were discussing you know like they were making plans for seeing each other in a few weeks time which I liked yeah we're gonna pop round which I really liked um nice to see that they're you know just having a catch-up as well and I guess they they know they've got the world watching them and everyone there but they Mm. are one of those moments that remind you that they are just family as well and you know popping over for a cuppa hopefully (laughs) which is really nice Um, and there was one really sweet moment actually that was missed the, on the day itself and I don't think it was kind of picked up until the day after because it was in a s- certain set of photos but it was a really lovely moment when they went outside didn't they and Kate what were well, there was something with an umbrella I think it was yeah. it William was holding the umbrella over Kate but I think there was a really cute story behind it wasn't it Of yeah
1: yeah so it was um if I'm remembering it rightly it was Someone offered Kate the umbrella and she just said, No, 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 I'm good, thank you. And then um, she was chatting away, and William kept noticing that she was uh, getting rained on. So he ran up to her with the umbrella, which was really sweet.
0: It's really cute. It's really, yeah, those little moments which are nice. I think he, he did well there. Good good husbanding <laughs> if that's a phrase but yeah it was so lovely to see Commonwealth Day back uh, a really good event loads of great acts as well Wasn't oh, yeah. loads of good performances and um, yeah it was really really good event actually it was just nice again I know we keep saying this and I feel like I'm saying it to death now but it feels like just lovely to have like normal things back again um which is really good and the other kind of lockdown for pre-COVID event that came back this time was St Patrick's Day, which was really nice. Obviously, uh, Charles and Camilla, but also uh, the Cambridges again, have been out doing lots of fun Paddy's Day bits and bobs. Uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge uh, returned; they went to their normal parade in Aldershot, uh, where they met the First Battalion Irish Guards at Mons Barracks, and this is the tradition that women in the royal family present. Uh, sprigs of shamrock to officers and guardsmen who then kind of in turn issue them along the ranks don't they it's Mm -hmm. it's again one of these events that you can look back at photos over the generation the queen mother used to do it didn't she and yeah yeah.
1: no but uh, i think there was that one year where um, they broke the 120 year old tradition where um i think it's in 2016 catherine couldn't go and so william had to hand out the shamrocks but there was a quote that said um that the lads were really excited it was him <laughs> handing them out rather than uh, Kate that year and I thought that was really funny
0: yeah mix it up a bit I yeah. think yeah no I think it's a really nice tradition and it's lovely that they got to do it again um and Kate wore as she always does all in green she wore that well, it's been described by people that know more about fashion than I do as a fashion green belted <laughs> coat so there we go uh, which is by um uh, b- perfectly named by a Laura, by Laura Green London. Uh, so we think that cost about three thousand two
1: hundred uh, pounds. And she wore the shoes were they were impressive big heels as well, mm. weren't they? Huge stilettos. And it's actually funny because that year, looking back, that year that she got her uh, her heels stuck in the drain and had to be sort of, oh, of course, sort of freed yeah, from she got all yeah. So on. I bet you she was absolutely on high alert for any yeah, very true. <laughs> any, any accidents this year?
0: And that gold shamrock brooch as well was really nice. And she's worn that before, hasn't she? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah
0: it's a good I love that she she very much goes on theme for things like this doesn't she and she really throws herself into it and she looks absolutely amazing um, and one of my favourite things from this event every year is obviously the special guest that is the um the uh, the royal mascot uh, who is a an Irish wolfhound Seamus and that is the massive dog that they go and see don't they
1: yeah the huge great big grey dog because they said um was the handler was worried that he would misbehave but he was on top form apparently so that's that's a brilliant story as well yeah and such a
0: well-trained dog to just stand there oh, yeah. when and you know if nothing else like the cam you know obviously there's loads of photographers there and all the noise from that and mm. everything going on and the fact he just stand there and well, we know that the we know that Kate loves dogs don't we so oh, yeah, yeah sure. she sat there and had a little got to meet him didn't little she little cuddle which was great but my obviously kate looked lovely i can't be an event royal event with a dog at, but it was the little girl that stole the show oh, didn't yes. she yeah, she, no, was she was so absolutely sweet. gorgeous and um, so she what was so her job wasn't it was to present you know she needed to give kate a bunch of flowers but mm-hmm. she um
1: she decided that she, she'd wanted them herself didn't yeah. she what happened there so she uh, i think kate leant down to see to compare their flowers and then her name was uh, Gaia Money, I think.
0: Yep, that was the one, um, yeah.
1: Yes, and she... She decided that she wanted both of them. So she, <laughs> she took them off uh, Kate as well, which was really funny. And, uh, Kate was heard to say, "Shall we swap?" And then she just, uh, "Now you have both of them," was what she said.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant! I love it's those moments of Kate with children where she really oh, just comes so in. She kind sweet. of, yeah, she, she almost, she is obviously royal still, but you just see you see Mum Kate come and same with Charles when he meets kids, and not Charles, sorry, <laughs> William when he meets when he's out and he meets children, but. she just looks in her element and she looks so happy there and yeah, an absolutely adorable little girl. She was wearing that little coat as well, wasn't oh, yeah. she? That was the navy and the blue. And yeah, she completely, completely stole the show, I think. And her mum, Lorraine, said afterwards said that uh, Kate was really lovely, um, and she said that you know Kate let her keep the flowers. And Apparently, she'd been she'd been practicing her curtsy at nursery, yeah. but hadn't quite nailed it before the big day. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, not... but
1: no, Kate is so brilliant with children, isn't she? She's uh, been dubbed by royal fans as the children's princess. Yeah. Really a sweet nickname, especially yeah. her work with um the early childhood development. And that's you know, when we saw in Denmark earlier, uh last month when all the little children were just flocking to her to give her a hug, yeah. which is really lovely. It's
0: definitely it's it's so great, it really is. And obviously she did the um which I'm sure Russell and Ian will talk about, she did the engagement this you know, during the Caribbean tour where she was talking about the kind of early, you know, like early years and stuff and William said something along the lines of, oh, I'm out of my depth here and Kate was like, no, you've heard me talking about it all the time, so it's really interesting to see that they obviously have these conversations at home as well as I suppose any couple does with their, you know, workload and things um, Right, so that's kind of a kind of update of where we were and things we didn't get a chance to discuss last week, so I'm now going to hand you over, hopefully, to uh, Russell and Ian to give us an update of the first half of the cambridge's trip to the caribbean and based on the photos that russell and ian have both been sharing on social media it looks absolutely beautiful and we've definitely got the short end of the stick stuck in here while london is beautiful and sunny we're not on the beach we've we've done badly here we need to we need to work on it for next time Hello, right, I lied. Sorry, you're stuck with me again. I know I promised you Russell and Ian, but Ian has had to go off and do more fun things around uh, the tour. So you've got me with, the. but we do have Russell with us. So welcome, Russell. How is everything going so far?
2: Well, it it sounds sounds like the booby prize. People have been calling calling for Ian, so I'm sorry. But um, yes, we've managed to grab a few minutes. I do apologize our communication has been rather lacking this week but it's uh, a combination of you know one of these tours are just um super super busy lots of traveling I always say it's like a glorified school trip because you're sort of on and off of buses when the royals are traveling on helicopters and sort of jetting <laughs> into places and you're uh, you're packed on a bus cheek by jowl with uh, with you know some of the journalists but um we can't complain because we have been um, really welcomed. The, the the couple of countries we've been to, at the uh, at the moment, um, Belize and Jamaica has just been super super hospitable. The royal tour has been, um, I think, it's been well received uh, uh, overall. I, th- I know there's been you know, a lot of. Um, Controversy around a couple of protests. I mean, uh, but but overall, I think you, you've got you've got to look at it on balance. And the the, the pro- protests that have happened uh, have been sort of s- small in number but quite loud in voice. I think, and that has reverberated not only around the countries that they've happened. Um, it's they've they've actually gone around the world, and I think that's possibly because there is a, a bigger issue at hand, and that is obviously the. The issue of uh, these Caribbean nations um, vying to become republics in their own right as Barbados did last year. So there is a it's a it's a difficult one for for William and Kate, I think, because some people have said that this tour was ill advised. I mean, it's, it's under a backdrop of um, the Platinum Jubilee, of course. And uh, and a bit a big tour like this, because everyone's been grounded for two years, there was an awful lot of excitement. So um but overall no I think I think it's gone I think it's gone well um we arrived in Belize on Saturday again talking about that protest there was a protest on the Friday which was a small indigenous group that were um sort of calling for an, uh, an apology. I think um, there was quite a bit of anti- anti-colonial sentiment. There was um, a local group who said that they really hadn't been consulted about the visit at all. They were unhappy that the, the royals had sort of demanded to land a helicopter on the local school football field and the the local people weren't weren't told, but when you actually got through to the actual what had happened, it was it actually nothing to do with the palace. And it, um, it was to do with the, the local government aspect of it, not really communicating with the local um, community about what they required for them in order to stage um, the, the, the royal visit. So f- to their credit, I don't think it was anything to do with the planning behind the Kensington Palace machine that was in place. And the local government did... Issue an apology and and say that it was sort of their yeah um, cock up really and then we sort of had to you know moving on it, it was did it start with under a cloud there were certainly headlines that uh, that would suggest so and and I think that they would then. Almost on the back foot, but they're, they 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 they're super professional. They get they get on with the job. They're super prepared. Um, Belize, fantastic country. I mean, absolutely beautiful. I think there's only 400,000 people who live in it, but it's absolutely vast and it's a uh, it's just tremendous countryside beautiful coastline we went to a place called hopkins which is known as the uh the, the happiest place in belize and it didn't oh, didn't disappoint because that was one of the yeah i mean i was it was it was great it was a beautiful sandy beaches they had local dancing they had local trying them local cuisine do you remember these people who have seen the images of um uh, William and Kate were dancing around. Um some people being a bit unfair on William I think
0: the, yeah were there was lots it. of comments of dad dancing dad but dancing. I thought he did quite well that the yeah. hips were going it was shimmy in having... a shame. Yeah um, they looked like they were having so much fun. Right. Yeah.
2: They did and that that you they landed under a small cloud there was then questions about how the rest of the tour was go. And certainly leaving Belize and then going to Jamaica. Um, I, I think there was a bit of nervousness, not necessarily by them, but, but certainly the people on this tour, the, the staff, um, because Jamaica is, is certainly next in line of these uh, Commonwealth and um, realm nations who are forging their own path. They, they definitely will become a republic. I mean, just, I'm jumping around a bit here, but just yesterday they, uh, they met the, the Prime Minister of Jamaica, and he said um, almost before they didn't they hadn't even sat down. And he said, you know, listen, we're moving on. It's a great great that you're here. We're welcoming you as as, as people, but um, there isn't a place for the monarchy anymore in Jamaica. And I, I've spoken to some some politicians here in Jamaica, and certainly heard the the local um, opposition as well as the government are very very united in this, and they're they're trying everything to, to speed that process up. So it's definitely going to happen in the next twelve. 12 to 24 months that they will become a republic um but just back to jump back just jumping back to belize they, they they went to um the the uh the hopkins, hopkins place on the coast happiest Place in Belize. Then they went to do some jungle survivalist training, which I went on deep into the jungle with Kate and William, which was tremendously exciting. Actually, Ooh, a lot of, what did
0: you learn? What, what survival well, skills did you learn? I ne-
2: well, I learned how to potentially kill an animal oh. with a trap. If you were, if you were, how to fashion a trap, um, how to build a watertight cover used to, using palm leaves. Um, used how you how to hack off a vine a big sort of water vine out of a tree and use it to drink water so I think I'd be pretty adept oh great you're, you're sorted
0: now you're yeah.
2: I, I'm literally like Rambo yeah um, you can
0: eat you can drink you can have shelter fine
2: I, I might move to the, to, to the yeah. Belizean jungle but, uh, you never know but uh th- I mean that was tremendous fun there's the, British soldiers stationed out in Belize um I mean, if, every, it's all part of British soldiers' training that they go to do their jungle training in Belize, and um, and they were sort of popping along, seeing the, the the collaboration between the local forces and the British forces, and and you know Belize really benefits. I think this was my my interpretation from speaking to locals out there that they are. I don't think they're making the noises to become a republic just yet. They really do appreciate the 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 link in with um, the, with Britain on a safety safety aspect for collaboration for trade. Um, but Jamaica is a very different beast, and I oh, think... quickly
0: before we move on, scuba diving that was in oh, yes. the yes, as well, wasn't it? Those well, pictures were amazing in the videos.
2: They were, and I mean, talking about controversies, it, it, it's it's difficult because. William and Kate are here, obviously on a taxpayer-funded trip. They are here on behalf of the um, you know, the, the government and the Queen, in, ter- in terms of her Platinum Jubilee um, tour. And the, the references to the Platinum Jubilee are everywhere in in, in this tour. However, the, I mean, this it wasn't an official engagement, so they went diving in Belize with. Matt Porteous, who is the celebrity photographer who is here in a personal capacity, we are told, being paid for privately by William and Kate in order to capture some sort of behind the scenes footage. And I and I did think there was a bit of a backlash when they posted a video just before they were taking off. And it was sort of their f- farewell to, um, to Belize by saying you know, Belize is the second largest coral reef in the world. They're huge on um, environmentalism trying to protect the ecological nature of the country is really, really important for, for tourism and also to, to, to protect it for, for the natural world, for the people who actually live there. But, you know, there is a lot of things going on in the world. And we, the conflicts in Ukraine that William and Kate have have mentioned here, certainly William in his, in his speech last night, um, And the cost of living crisis going on at the moment, the headlines are full of how people are struggling um, back home in the UK. And is it necessarily a great look when you're on a private engagement, the media weren't invited? I mean, it sounds like sour grapes. It really wasn't. I think this is important context to to have almost that they're they're taking a celebrity photographer that's known for taking these amazing underwater shots and he's, i pictured Megan in the past. He's, he's done lots of stuff with Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Um, and you're kind of having a jolly. Um, I, don't, I still don't know where I sit on the fence on it, really. I mean, I, I get both sides of the argument, because William and Kate, they need a bit of downtime as much as the next person. It is relentless, these tours. They're super, super busy. I mean, probably a bit less relentless for them flying around in a chopper, and we're on, on and off... Um, little buses. It sounds like I'm moaning, but I'm not. But <laughs> I think that they definitely do need downtime and they've sort of um, c- combined that with this trip and the palace will say, listen, they were invited by the Belizean government. It's really important to get that message out there. And, and I definitely understand that. That video that they put on social media got picked up all over the world, all the media organisations picked it up and wrote about it and used the video. Millions of people have seen that. And they get this message out there about protecting the, the natural environment that, that is really, really important to both to of them, especially to William with their shot. So I think there is um, a method in it, but there also is an argument to say, is it the right sort of thing to be doing? But you sometimes you can't win. And I think they probably know that. And... Their view is that it's a really good moment to do it by saying goodbye to Belize. People are expecting, you know, people are watching this tour to see what's happening every minute. So I didn't think it was necessarily, um, maybe the timing was a little bit off because we were just sort of going up in the air. Um, but but it, it does get the message out there. So I, I, I'm i going to sit on the fence with this one because I think um, it it does serve a purpose. So then we jet into Jamaica, and just hours before there were a size there was a, i would say a sizable protest i think there was I, I put the figure around between 60 and 100 some people have said it was a bit more but it was, it was certainly talking yeah let's say 100, 150 people were gathered and um and this this campaign for reparations for not only britain's role within the slave trade uh, that is, that's been well documented but the the british monarchy's role within the slave trade and that is you know, a, a real tricky subject for the current royals because they're not direct descendants but it's you know, they are they, they are representative of the british monarchy that did perpetuate and um financially benefit from the evil practice um of slavery so i think you i think you can you really have to identify with The fact that William and Kate are the representation of the monarchy, the the face of it, the future of it, and certainly with a backdrop of Jamaica um, moving forward, as Prime Minister said to them yesterday during the meeting, uh, you know, we are moving on, your visit is a perfect opportunity to. For us to make our voice heard, that we welcome you as uh, as guests because of the the, the, the really fantastic and uh, well known hospitable nature of the Jamaican people. But it's not personal. But we we are going we we are forging our own path now. And, and William did reference that in in a speech he made yesterday. So there are so many levels. I've, I've never really known it like this before, but I suppose I haven't been on a Caribbean tour, and, and I think we are in a huge moment in history that is a crossroads for these Caribbean nations. So, um, I mean, we covered the, the protests extensively, and I think correctly, because when you're when they're flying into a country, they need to be very, very... done their homework, of course, but they need to be really on point with the... Uh, the optics of what is happening uh, the the political relationships with the with the country and and they do they do take time and effort and are really diligent about that. I was told they're certainly aware of the pro- the protest we, we were told that William was going to to make reference in his speech about slavery which he did um, but the, it, again it may be small in number but loud in voice because it's got uh, huge huge connotations for for the future of this country and again, the future of, of other Caribbean nations. So, um, but then when you can try, can compare that to the fact that they went to Trenchtown and they had like a pop star's welcome, that I mean, was it was huge.
0: The photos of that were mad. There was huge crowds weren't there and like everyone was cheering and it was so loud.
2: It was. And, you know, when they, when they arrived, I mean, it was like, you, you, you wouldn't have known anything else was ever happening on this island because there was hundreds of people there. There were screaming their names. I mean, there was a few sort of real famous sons and daughters of Jamaica as well. They had the Olympic bobsled team. They had the um, the the guys and girls who have just come back from. Beijing for the Winter Olympics. Raheem Sterling was there. I mean, England, and Manchester City footballer, but born in Jamaica, Jamaican parents, moved to the UK when he was five. Um, and so there was a, you know, it was a car. I would say a carnival atmosphere. They went to Trenchtown. They were playing the drums. They were listening to um, music being played outside Bob Marley's house and really getting involved. I mean, William putting his football boots on. Right, he was, he, with, uh, I'm that's a metaphor. He was actually wearing his his boots, but. <laughs> Playing football with with the local team with Raheem Sterling, the crowd were going wild, and it was a, it was an absolutely awesome atmosphere. So when it's a, when it's a compared and contrasted with that, you, you've got to say, again, what people were saying to me is, of course, they're welcome here. Everybody's welcome to Jamaica. It's a it's a it's a it's a fantastic island and hugely hospitable people, which we have absolutely found to be true. But what they represent has to be addressed and. You know moving on to that um that meeting with the prime Minister um, and moving on to to William's speech at the Governor general fancy dinner that was on Wednesday night, last night you You, you see why William really did has to tackle the the issue of slavery and 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 I think that you know he he did stop short of issuing an apology. And that is certainly what some people, some campaigners were calling for. They wanted an apology from a member of the royal family for the, the role that the British monarchy played within slavery. And, and he did stop short of that. I mean, he did say, um, I want to express my profound sorrow. Well, that that is an emotion rather than an apology. Um, obviously his words were very punchy. Slavery was abhorrent and it should have never have happened. But then by referencing his father, Prince Charles's words on the subject, he's, he's, he's aligning himself with what Prince Charles has said. And and certainly I was in Barbados in November when he made a speech saying, the you know, the appalling atrocity of slavery forever stains our history. And, and William was saying, I strongly agree with my father, the Prince of Wales on that. And Prince Charles, it's not the first time he said that. Prince Charles in 2018, um, I believe it was a visit to Ghana. He made a, a very, very punchy Speech along the same uh, lines of talking about how how this does forever stain our history, um, and and I think that is enough for some. Um, there is the argument of of whether it, it politicizes an issue if William becomes the figurehead to apologise. It's it's quite a politician's thing to do. I mean, this is the, the, the argument put forward of why he wouldn't necessarily apologise. So. Again, there are so many levels that need to be considered, and I think they have walked a tightrope, really, with the protests, and they've just got to get on and be themselves. But you know, they, they really do have a tough job out here, um, and that, that's the way of the world, isn't it? That they they are the the future of the monarchy. They understand the the issues at hand, and certainly the Prince of Wales has always said, and I know Prince William stands by this. That it's very much. Um, very much a a decision for the people. If they want to become republics, they will you know, still remain within the Commonwealth. But it's it's a decision for the people, and they would never stand in their way. So while, while there may be some sadness, I suppose, of saying goodbye to the 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 the, the link in with these these countries, I, I think they are definitely definitely um, hugely aware of of the the, the anti monarchy sentiment and what that stands for in the modern world and. When, when you actually look at it, is it is it right that there should be a king or queen five thousand miles away on a nation that has been um, really exploited be it from from slavery? And certainly, that when you speak to these impassioned campaigners, you really get a sense of of what that that means to them. So um, we're finishing up here in Jamaica. I mean, Williams said he wants to bring the kids back here in his speech yesterday. I mean, no doubt they would possibly come back here, I don't think, on holiday, but I don't think it will be in an official capacity. I think the next time you see a royal, certainly in Jamaica, will be like Prince Charles in Barbados, where there is a, not necessarily a handover ceremony, but a, a ceremony to wish them on their way. Um, and we touched down in Bahamas, and again, there's a, a backdrop of protests. There's an open letter being written from the Reparations C- Council, and um, and it will be it will be a tricky one to navigate that, but... Listen, it's it's a, been a great atmosphere. There is issues at hand, and I think they've they've really handled it expertly. So um, I will probably been whittering on for too long. Yeah. So I will <laughs> not at up. all. It's
0: fascinating, as you said. Yeah. It's really interesting to see. Obviously, there's the normal side of a tour that we're used to seeing with fun engagements, talking about charity work, talking about the causes they're passionate about and they're campaigning for. But also with this huge historical issue as well that's, you know, having that real divide. And I think, as you said, it's been... It was always going to be a, a difficult... Not difficult, that's the wrong word. It was always going to be a more, you know... Yeah, a difficult talk. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so.
2: I think it's, cha- it's challenging. Challenging, it's, it's, it's yeah. testing themselves. And William is making a big speech on slavery. You know, look, look at his words. He's You can, you can tell that the... He, he really has thought about it, the meaning behind them. It's a historical statement, a landmark statement. And so I get why people would say, well, he hasn't apologised. Well, y- y- you have to take everything in context. And um, he might feel that he's not the person to do that. He, they might feel that they've gone far enough. And I'm, sh- I'm sure he does. That's why he, he, he wrote and said those words. So. It's a tightrope. There are, it's, but that's the world we live in, and so I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be lots of commentary in the weekend papers, and there will be big um, sort of dissecting of, of how this tour has gone because it it hasn't been sort of a throwback to you know, the, the, one of the Queen's big big popular Caribbean tours or you know loads of people coming out onto the streets like a Harry and Meghan tour in uh, in Australia, but. Um, we're in a very, very different position within the world right now. So while we will, we'll, maybe we'll dissect it. I think we'll dissect it and we'll get in on, on, on the um, on the podcast as well. And uh, if I've got time, I really want to get some maybe throw-ins from my colleagues who have been on the tour with me. So we'll, we'll drop them into to next week's episode.
0: That'd be amazing. Yeah, and like I said, I know you've got to shoot off because I know you've got another engagement to go to, but thank you so much for finding some time. And I will mention quickly, because I've not mentioned it yet, looking very smart. Not that you don't normally look very smart for our podcast, but we've got a full full shirt today. This is a much better effort than normal. We, I let's do start this. Pale.
2: I need to get out yeah. into the sun. But, um... Oh, do you know what I want to mention? I want to mention um, Megan's podcast as well before we go. Oh,
0: yeah. So this actually dropped just after I spoke um, with Rebecca earlier for the kind of first half of this podcast. Um, so we've, yeah, we've finally got some new details of that, um, the next kind of, Megan's podcast it's going to be focusing on women and the stereotypes um that that are placed on women how it affects them and she's going to be speaking to po- um, historians experts and kind of powerful women to find out how they are you know kind of defined by these you know different stereotypes negative or positive positive. and yeah it sounds like it's really interesting I think we'd kind of guess she was going to do something around this theme but the stereotypes line I think is quite interesting
2: yeah it is i mean i think um i'm just reading up it now new show hosted by the duchess investigating the labels and stereotypes that tried to hold women back launching this summer archetypes will feature uncensored conversations with historians experts and women who know all too well about typecasts and who that can influence and change the narratives i think huge this is going to be huge because um uh, she, she will pull in the big guns i mean you you would imagine she will have lots of very powerful, famous women and, and women who have overcome adversity to, to rise up through the ranks in whatever industry and field that they have um, become successful in. So I think it's hugely exciting. Interesting that, I mean, undoubtedly, I think that's a fair comment that the first podcast was launched with Harry in it and they've definitely gone in a different direction. This definitely feels to me a more sensible Approach to try and have a real identity rather than having them two just chatting away because you know that will just be like our podcast
0: exactly and then get great guests on there and it will be brilliant. But no, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that. So yeah, and can't wait to catch up with you and Ian properly next week. Apologies to all our viewers for the slightly chaotic theme to this week's podcast. Um, as it's, it's all the fun of a tour, isn't it? It's trying to record remotely and it is good, but I. Yeah, next week will be a bit more settled. So, thank you very much for joining uh, me, Russell. And I'm now gonna, I'm gonna hand back to me. Well, that all sounds so interesting so far, and I'm really looking forward to ca- catching up with uh, both of you as soon as you get back and hearing all about your all about your trips and all the fun highlights and things that happened. So, we're just going to look ahead quickly now to next week. We've got an awful busy week. There's lots of lots of things going on but the main event will obviously be on March the 29th which is the memorial to Prince Philip. This is going to be a Thanksgiving service at Westminster Abbey. There's going to be loads of people there. Uh, members of the Royal Family will be attending. Members of Royal Families from elsewhere around the world. Um, representatives from the government and from the armed forces and also there's thought to be 500 uh, kind of people from the many many charities that he worked with or was patron of or chairman of during his you know decades and decades of service to the country and to the crown and and there was a kind of some details have been released just before we came in here haven't they
1: yes so they said um, it will be a particular tribute to the Duke of Edinburgh's contribution to public life and his steadfast support for over 700 organizations Uh, so that will include obviously the likes of the Duke of Edinburgh award which will be no doubt there'll be representatives for, representatives for uh, that charity there. So then the uh, lots of European royals have been have had their attendance confirmed at the service, which will be lovely to see them all gathered together, as well as the three German princes that joined uh, the Queen and other royals at Prince Philip's memorial service um, in April last year, when there was just the 30 people that were allowed, and they were the nod to his German and uh, Greek heritage.
0: And this is kind of, I think, why this event is going to be such an important day, because when Prince Philip did pass away, they couldn't have the big funeral that would, you know, that was fitting for someone, obviously, who's, you know, the other half of the monarch and while it was widely documented at the time that's probably what he wanted and probably was quite happy as you know throw me in the back of the (laughs) land rover was that famous quote but this will be a great opportunity for the people he worked with really closely over the years to pay a proper tribute to the you know all the things he did all the messages uh, that he you know gave and campaigned for on the causes so it'll be a really special day actually it'd be lovely to see the you know more of a celebration i think mm. which always you know a funeral is obviously kind of saying goodbyes isn't it but this will i hope be a really good celebration of you know what he achieved
1: yeah no just the question of whether the queen uh can get there now it's understood that she wants to be there and understandably she wants to be there to say you know the final final goodbye to her husband of 73 years but you know, who knows if she will, um, hopefully she'll be there. But obviously it's, you know, it's a far way to walk up the Abbey. So who knows with the mobility rumours that um, whether she'll be able to make it. We hope so.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed we get to see her that um, at that event. Because I think it will be, and, and I imagine that she will be doing, you know, really, really will be committed to being there. Um, but, you know, I'm sure if she can't, you know, it will be, she'll pay tribute in another way. Um, and other members of the Royal Family are see you to come as well and it will be really nice to see actually members of other royal families come mm. together because you don't really get to see that apart from on you know royal, royal, weddings, royal yeah. yeah weddings and at visits you don't get to see that that often so I always really enjoy kind of seeing them interact and mm. I think it's really interesting
1: yeah no absolutely it'll be nice to see so uh, Queen Marguerite of Denmark is one royal that is confirmed and she was just with uh, Duchess of Cambridge in Denmark which you know again and she is known to be quite close to the Queen herself so whether they whether the Queen is there and they can have that special interaction will be lovely to see
0: and nice for you know the, the British royal family to have that support around them and to oh, yeah, know absolutely. they've got that that support from all different corners um of the globe which is lovely well thank you so much for joining me today no Rebecca thank you so much. it's been lovely to have you and as I said next week we'll have all the details from the tour but um until then we are on social media and Twitter and Instagram at pod save where I've been sharing as many lots of photos that v- uh, Vogel has taken of the tours um which are all brilliant but until then Pod save the
1: queen!